Good morning. Please have a have a seat and just retain that eyes on Jesus moment. Um, we were invited to the table, and I'm going to invite you to join and participate in prayer this morning. In what I hope is just a time of um, refreshing and renewing and recommitment as we sort of launch into a new year. So. Um, I just invite you in times that I pause and am quiet to, yeah, participate with your own prayer, whether it's um, silently in your heart, just whispered quietly or proclaimed out loud. So please join me, participate in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you are an awesome God, powerful and mighty creator of heaven and earth. You are so worthy of our, our worship You are holy, you are mighty, and we just turn our eyes to you in praise and wonder for what you have done for us and how deeply you love us. Lord God, you are so holy, and yet we are not. We recognise that uh, we are so not holy next to you, and yet you so deeply love us. Father, we just um, take a moment to recognise those things that we say and do and think, those attitudes that we have that are not of you, and we want to turn from them, Father. Turn away from them in repentance and turn towards you. Father, we just take a moment to think about those things. Show us our sin so that we can turn from them. Help us, Lord, to turn, to change. Father, by your grace and mercy, you forgive us. By the blood of Jesus, we are forgiven, set free from all those sins, set free to turn from them, to change. Father, we thank you that your intention is always to draw draw us closer to you, to grow us in Christ-likenesses. Father, show me how you're working in my life. Show me how to change. Father, we commit this time, this year, this day, this week, this month to you. Father, I commit this year to you. I trust you to guide me in everything I do, step by step every day, knowing that you you have plans for me, you have plans for each person here today to do your will here on earth. Father, what is your path? What is your plan for me? What is your plan for each one here? Would you shine light on the direction you want each of us to take here at church, in our daily lives, in our families, in our work, 
Show us step by step the path that you have this year for each of us. Father, help me to live each day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Amen. Thank you so much, Mon, for that. Prayer, it leads so well into what I want to share this morning. I love it when the Lord does that, works behind the scenes to pull things together. Um, Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh, Perhaps if you're watching online or if you're new to our church, my name is Sam Barnes and I'm the pastor here. Um, And normally I'd say it's a real joy to be back but I can't be honest and say, <laughs> have you ever, um, when people talk about going on leave, they say it takes a week to kind of wind down and then you have a week of actually relaxing and then you need another week of winding back up again. Well, I reckon I've had two weeks off and I've only just reached the end of that first week period and now, now I'm back again, but that's all good. Um, enough about me. I want to be here sharing about the Lord and how good he is and how much he loves each and every one of us. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you that we can delve into your word. And, uh, Lord, as Mon just prayed, will you lead us? Will you guide us? Uh, will you speak to us uh, through your word uh, as we head into this, this new year? Uh, just be with us in this time now, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> I heard a story about a, a man who was reading the newspaper and he got really upset because he was reading the obituary section, the, the deaths column, and he found his name there written in, in the deaths column and he was really frustrated and quite annoyed that the newspaper put his name in the, in the deaths column. So he actually approached the editor of the newspaper and he said, you know, mistakes been made. Why, why is my name in the deaths column? And the editor kind of cottoned on to what had happened. Obviously, someone with the same name as him had passed away and, and the family had put it in there, but he hadn't sort of cottoned on to the fact that there might be more than one person with the same name. And the editor kind of worked out what was going on. He said, it's okay, sir. Tomorrow I'll put your name in the new births column and you can start a brand new life. And then said, thank you. And he walked out of the office. Apparently it's a true story, I don't know, but there you go. But we love the idea of a brand new start, don't we? Uh, I think there's something uh, sort of made inside of us that we, we love the idea of leaving the past behind and, and starting anew. Uh, that's, I think that's why New Year's resolutions are a big thing. That's why New Year's Eve is a big thing to celebrate as humanity. We love the idea of having a brand new start. And I was just thinking as I wanted to prepare this for this morning, I wanted to encourage us all as we prepare for 2024, and it was great that Dan, when he, we prayed at the very start, uh, along those lines, that we would be trusting and looking to the Lord. But have you noticed the same? I've noticed that we say the same thing at the end of every year or at the start of every year. No, no matter how many times we've gone through it, we all say the same thing, don't we? Wow, that year's gone fast. 
we seem to say that it's gone faster and faster. Or I can't believe it's already 2024. And we said last year, I can't believe it's already 2023. We say the same things. Do you know that there are 8,765.8 hours in a year? Isn't that that incredible? And um, But I've noticed that counting time isn't as important as making time count. Counting time isn't as nearly as as important as making time count. And perhaps uh, uh, many of you who are perhaps uh, senior in your years probably agree more and more so with that. I want to say to you this morning that there is still time for God to use you and to grow you. Uh, and, and as we look forward to this year in making our time count. This morning I want to base my message on questions that the angel of the Lord gave to Sarai's maidservant. And just to help us and to, to couch this, it's where have you come from? Where are you going and what can you expect? Where have you come from? Where are you going and what can you expect? I'm going to read to you the story of um, Abram and Sarai and their idea of how to help God in what God had planned for them. So if you want to turn to Genesis, uh, there's, there's the questions. Genesis chapter 16, we're going to start at verse 1. Now, a bit of a bit of context. The, the the promise has been given to Abram that that he will have a son, and his descendants will be as, as much as the st- he can count the stars in the sky. And through this family line is going to be God's rescue plan uh, for the Messiah to come, and who is Jesus for us. So the promise has been given, and yet uh, Abram and Sarai as are, are named at this point in in the story. Uh, are wondering how this is going to happen because they're old in age. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Now, that, that can be pronounced Hagar or Hagar, and I'm probably going to go between both of them. So just to let you know that that's going to happen, I'm terrible with names. Named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Now, culturally, this was a common thing. If people couldn't have children, they they could build the family through a, a maidservant or a slave. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai took his His wife took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, this is Hagar, she began to despise her mistress. Now, why why would this be? Well, children were called to be a blessing and you were were touched and you were blessed by God if you could have children. And so she's sort sort of saying, well, I'm a bit better than you are. And Sarai said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. Poor guy. (laughs) I put my slave in your arms and now she knows that she's pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me who is right. So clearly it wasn't a great day at home for Abram. He's probably holding his hands up going, well, you asked me to do this thing and now you're having a go at me. And so his response is, your slave... 
is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. So what's happening here is Hagar uh, is bearing a child. She has, has in a way, has favour with the Lord over Sarai, and and she's Sarai is so frustrated with this, even though it was her plan. She mistreats her to the point where Hagar just feels like she can't even be in that space anymore. Even though she is a slave, she has a duty to Sarai, she runs and she flees away from the situation. And then the, sorry, the angel of the Lord found her near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to shore. And he said to Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? And her response was, I'm running away from my mistress. She answers the first question, but in a way she can't answer the second question. She's in the middle of the desert. She doesn't know where she's going. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much so that they will be too numerous to count. And what, I, what I love about God is that he so cares for those who are mistreated. In a way, Hagar is the innocent party in all this and she's, she's running away and yet God in his mercy and his grace comes to this girl in the desert. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. That's literally what the word, the name Ishmael means. The Lord hears. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Not a great uh, prophecy upon your son. She gave, and then this is an amazing response from her. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. Isn't that amazing? God is a God who sees us. You are the God who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. Hagar had an experience with the Lord. She was able to see the one who sees her. And that is why the well is called Beer Lahairoi. Did I get that right? Which literally means the place of the living one who sees me. It is still there between Kaddish and Bered. Well, that didn't really help any of us, did it? So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Now, in Scripture, God often asks questions. Now, God never asks a question because he needs the answer. I mean, God is a God who is all-knowing. He knows all things, so he doesn't really need us to help him in life. Uh, But often God asks questions because he's leading us to really be interrogated, to cause us to be contemplative to question and to stop and think and pause about what's happening and that those questions enable us to hear from the Lord and to be transformed. And so I want to do the same thing this morning. I want to ask, ask each and every one of us questions 
in, in the hope that we too will be transformed by the, the answers. So number one, where have you come from? This is a sense of identifying our past. Now, normally when we want to move forward, when we want to go into the things of God or, or, or move forward in a race, looking backwards is not something we advise people to do. Yet sometimes it's helpful to simply glance back and so we glance backwards just for a moment, just to orientate ourselves, to see where we've come from, to see God's faithfulness, to see perhaps our mistakes, to see our growth. That enables us to sort of know where, where God is taking us to. We glance backwards. I remember when I was um, in youth group, uh, an older man loved bike riding. It's the tour down under at the moment. He would have loved this. And he wanted to take a bunch of us young people on a road trip down to Victor Harbour and back. And many of us hadn't done such a long trip, and he wanted to do a bit of training first. And so one of the training things was uh, to be riding your bike forward on a line and just to look over your shoulder quickly and to see who veered off the line. And none of us could do it. It was this incredible thing, like, okay, going on a straight line and you sort of glance, glance backwards and you sort of veer off to the left or veer off to the right. So when we're wanting to go forward, we don't want to just continually have our gaze backwards because we'll end up way off course. Um, but we want to just glance backwards just to have an know what's around us, know where we've come from and know, know what's going on in order to give us some context. And then when I was going for my motorbike licence, the same test happened. I was like, oh, I know, I know what this test is about. I've done this before. And then I'm there on my motorbike, came a motorbike licence, and they say, okay, just look over your shoulder, and you look over your shoulder, and you go off to the right. And pretty much everyone had to have a few goes at it. Everyone passed the theory test, but that was the hardest test to do on a motorbike, is to look backwards while going forwards. And so it's important that we glance back. And as we glance back on last year, what was your year like? What was your year like as you glance back on 2023? Well, I bet I can answer it. You say, how can you answer it? Well, I bet you can say that some was good, some was not so good. Maybe some was great, some not so great. Some encouraging, perhaps some discouraging. Some up, some down. See, I told you I could answer it. Um, Ultimately, we all have experienced humanity's unfaithfulness and at the same time experienced God's ultimate faithfulness in our year. That's what our year would have been like as we go, go backwards. Can I share with you how my last year was? I was at um, uh, Bill Vasilakis's 70th birthday celebration on Friday and uh, caught up with a pastor I hadn't seen for a while. And he said, hey, how are you going? And I, I just thought, oh, look, I've got to be honest, last year was probably the hardest year I've ever faced. Uh, we, there was a lot that happened. Uh, we had our seventh child in the middle of the year um, and my energy levels were down. We'd moved house. We're trying to sort out where things were. Uh, there was pressure on with church. There's um, you know, new staff members and team, and one of those was my wife. So I'm, I'm the pastor and I'm the leader of the wife. That's, that's interesting. Um, and it was a really, really difficult year. 
It was really hard. And yet, I think it was a fantastic year. God worked so powerfully and moved so amazingly in our church. People grew, people experienced God, uh, new people have come to faith. We had the baptisms of our young people. It was an incredible year. So it was both uh, hard and both amazingly good. Yet, I want to encourage us to heed the words of Paul in Philippians. He famously said, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heaven toward in Christ Jesus. Now the word there, forget, in Scripture doesn't simply mean... Um, not lacking the ability to remember. So we were talking about before how I forgot about Jasper's bike. That's, that's forgetting and my, my ability to, to recount and remember that. That's not what that word means. That word actually means don't let the past control or influence your now. So even though I had a tough year, I could, I could, I could gaze back at that or spend, spend more than a glance and I could say, well, that's what life is like and that's what it's going to be like forever. Or I can say, well, that was last year and I'm not going to let that influence what I believe God's got for me for this year. I'm not going to allow it to happen. And, and you might have had experiences in your last year or maybe the year before. Uh, you might have failed at something. You might have, we might have stuffed something up. And that might lead you to go, well, therefore, based on that, I can predict that the future is going to be the same. And that's not what Paul is saying. We, we let go of the past and, and Nadine, she, she read from Hebrews and it's the same thing, wasn't it? I, 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 I leave that behind and I, I, I set my eyes on, on Jesus. So don't let the past paralyze you. God has got new things for you and new things for, for us as a church. So that leads us on to the next question. Where are you going? This enables us to contemplate our future. And in the words of Paul, we want to go forward. And we want to, you know, through, throughout Scripture, God never says, you know what, well, I'm done with you. Uh, uh, you've reached your pinnacle, Uh, you've reached perfection, Uh, you know, there's no more growth for you, there's no more journeying for you, you're done, Uh, you can just stay where you are. No, there's always this call to go forward, to to be led, to grow, to be guided, to, to move forward into the things of God. God has got new things for you. And again, I want to talk to each and every one of you, uh, maybe... Maybe you're one of those people who are make, needing to make time count. <laughs> that there is plenty of time left for God to do new things in your life. There is plenty of time left for God to grow you, for God to transform you, for God to use you in his kingdom and in his purposes. So we, we go forward. So where are you going? It's a question I want to ask you. 
And in some ways, we can't actually answer the question, can we? In fact, Hagar, when she was asked the question, she didn't know where she was going. She was just running away. She was found in the middle of the desert. She had no plan. She had no thought about what she was doing. All she knew was she was just trying to get away from the situation. And many of us can't actually, you know, predict our future. We're not, um, we're unable to do that. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what is ahead of us. Yet, even though we don't know the specifics of where we're going, we know ultimately where we're going, right? We know that ultimately we are heading home to our Father's house. So where are you going? Are you going to our Father's house? I'm going there. Let's, let's go together. And let's allow the, the thought of that as we turn our eyes to Jesus and the one who is coming again to to ultimately, that ultimate destination to influence our present situation. So when it comes to the future, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. We don't know what the future holds, but because I know he holds the future, life is worth living just because he lives. In fact, someone once said, um, people like New Year's Eve, and the pessimists stay up to 12 o'clock to make sure that the last year is gone. Optimists stay up to look forward to make sure that New Year is there for a new start. Well, I could probably add to that little saying and saying, well, a a content disciple of Jesus goes to bed early and gets a good sleep because they ultimately know that God's in control anyway. Right? (laughs) I love the, the... Famous Corrie ten Boom quote, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. We know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has been faithful to to Hagar, to Abram and Sarah, to every uh, character in the Bible. He's been faithful in your life and bringing you to this point, and he'll be faithful in whatever your unknown future is. So we glance, back, uh, we glance backwards to go forward. And how do we do this? We do this by gazing upwards. We turn our eyes upon Jesus. I love that we sang that this morning. So what can you expect? What can you expect in 2024? Yes, you can't predict it, but based on God's promises, based on God's word, What can you expect in your life uh, this year coming up? I want to break this one into four simple principles based on Hagar's encounter with the angel of the Lord. Now, just a small aside, the the angel of the Lord, who who is the angel of the Lord? What what is the angel of the Lord? Well, many scholars have, have... have pondered this question, and the angel of the Lord would often uh, appear to characters in the Old Testament and speak of prophecy over those characters and what they were going to do. And quite often the, the angel of the Lord would say the exact same words that the Lord would use later. And the angel of the Lord isn't found in the New Testament, so many scholars are led to believe that this would be potentially a pre Bethlehem incarnation of Jesus, or at least a theophany of of God being um, in our midst. And so God actually 
the Lord or Jesus is there speaking to Hagar and is the one who says, um, I will be with you. God will be with Hagar no matter no matter what the circumstance, whether it is a good thing or it's a bad thing. As we look back to verse 11, the angel of the Lord also said to her, you're pregnant and you shall give him the name Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. The Lord has heard of, of her situation. And then in verse um, uh, 13, she said, you have now seen me. So the Lord sees and hears our experiences. That speaks of a God who is the God of proximity, a God who is with us, a God who is with us in the midst of our experiences and our, our highs and our lows. We just had Christmas where we celebrated Emmanuel, that God is with us. And so we can know and we can expect that God will be with us. Isn't it encouraging to know that God hears you and that God sees you, whether you feel it or not. That is a truth that is based on who he is, not on how we feel or on our emotions. There is nothing that you can experience or do that God does not hear or see. So what can you expect? God will be with you this year. Secondly, God will be honest with you. How was that description of Ishmael's son? That's not really the, the description anyone wants to hear about their, their son. <laughs> He's going to be a wild donkey of a man. I mean, you know, that's, that's not what any mama wants to hear. They want to hear, you know, he's going to be a loving, kind person and make a difference in the world and people are going to love him and flock to him. And, and yet the Lord was honest with her about who her son was going to be. Would you rather God tell you some hard things that are going to be true or just tickle your ears and make you feel good and not be true. God will be honest with you. I recently went to the, the dentist and I had a, a checkup and um, found that my, my wisdom teeth have come up in the back and my wife made a joke about finally they've come in. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, but because they're right at the back, I'm finding it hard to brush them and so they're, you know, there's some decay there and it's probably likely that I'm going to have to have my wisdom teeth out. Now, I could have turned to the dentist and said, oh, you mean person. Like, why are you telling me that? Or he could have said to me, well, yeah, your teeth are good and off you go, off on your way. What would I have rather have heard? The hard truth, the honest truth, or something that's just going to make me feel good? You know, when it comes to God, often he wants to tell us the hard truth. And Mon, in your prayer, I just want to thank you for this. You said Jesus will point out our sins. He will highlight them. He'll be honest with us. He'll say, hey, what about this? What about that? And yes, it was going to be hard. Yet I'd rather 
have that hard truth because ultimately Jesus knows what's best for us. He tells us the hard things because he wants us to grow and, and develop onwards. So God will be with us, God will be honest with us, and God will instruct you. What did the angel of the Lord tell her to do? Yeah, fair enough, you've been running away. Head off that way. That way is a, there's a city over there. Start a new life. The last thing she wanted to do would, would have been to go back into that situation where she was mistreated. And yet the, the angel of the Lord instructs her, go back to your mistress. This is what is going to be best for you. And in the same way, the Lord instructs us in order to grow us, in order to develop us, to transform us. In, in John 14, where, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, he says, those who obey my commands love me. And so the Lord will instruct us. And again, sometimes that will be difficult. But can I encourage you this year, as you open your word, as you open the Bible and as you read through the scriptures, ask for God to instruct you. Ask for God to lead you. Ask for God to guide you. Ask for God to call you into what he has in the purposes that he has for you in this year. So he'll, he'll be with you. He'll be honest with you. He'll instruct you. And ultimately, he will bless you. I can promise you that. And you say, well, why don't you just start with that? That's the, that's the good stuff. God will bless you. In verse 10, um, the angel says, and I will multiply or I will increase your descendants. Again, this is a, this is a picture of, of blessing, of the children being a blessing from God. And so God's just not going to give her one child. God's going to multiply. God's not just going to add, but multiply and increase to the point where you can't even number them. Now, this is the same thing that God said to Abraham, that his, his descendants will be so big that you can't count them. So, the, so God blesses Abraham, but God also blesses this young woman. And God will promise to bless you. Ephesians 3, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So where are you going? Where have you come from? Where are you going and what can you expect? One thing I love about this Story and many stories like it is we might think, well, why is this story even in our scriptures? Didn't why, why wouldn't have God just go, okay, well, let, just let her run away and and let's forget about it and let's just concentrate on Abram and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah, and let's let's talk about their son and just just follow the story. I love that God is interested in our mess. God is interested in our circumstances. Abram and Sarai actually messed up. They didn't trust God and they put a plan into action in their own strength. And it caused hatred, it caused a division, it caused relationship breakdown. 
there was a situation going here on here that wasn't great. But what I love is that it's in our scriptures because God comes into the midst of our mess to bless, to act, to bring about his purposes and his goodness, even in our mistakes. As you look back on your last year or as you glance back where you come from, maybe you're stuck on some of your mistakes. Maybe you're stuck on some of your messes. God is a God who's interested in coming into that situation and working together for good for those who love him. In fact, if we think about this whole story and, and pull back from it, it's actually it's a great picture of the gospel. You see, Abram and Sarah had a, had a religious view in, in a way of works. It's God's promised something, but it's up to us to make it happen. It's up to us to, to please God. It's up to us. I'm, some, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work myself up. I'm going to plan something. I'm going to do something in my strength in order to bring about salvation, in order to bring about blessing, in order to bring about, about what God has. And so they've got a, a works mentality, but it's by faith that God brings about blessing. In fact, if you talked about all these three characters, who had the most faith? Who had the encounter with God? Who went away transformed? It was this maidservant. It was this slave. It wasn't Abram and Sarah who were the called ones. And I just, I just love that. In fact, in my, um, in my study Bible, I came across... Uh, this, oh, this line, it said, by custom, they set a prom- problematic human plan in motion. By works, they created a problem. And by faith, God solves the problem. God's promises are fulfilled by faith, not by works. Isn't that just an amazing thing. So I want to invite the music team up and we're going to sing a a song that we haven't sung for a while. It's an older song. But as I was sharing with Nadine about what I wanted to to share on this morning, uh, she appropriately chose this particular song because it really helps us to focus on where we've come from and where we're going, but ultimately it helps us to to gaze upwards, to ask Jesus to lead us, to guide us, to use us, for us not to dwell in the past, to not be hindered by that, to not be paralysed by that, to not think, well, that's who I am, things can't ever change. But God is the God of new beginnings. God is the God of blessing. God is the God who calls us forward into what he has for us. And so while we're preparing to sing, I just want to pray. And again, ask these questions. And I want to ask you the question, where have you come from? What has happened in your past that perhaps... Is, is making you stay there 
is making you feel unworthy. Maybe you feel like you can't be used by God because of things that have happened, because of stuffing up. Well, in the same way that God came to Hagar, God wants to come to you this morning and say, hey, move forward. Don't forget the past. Move forward into the things that I'm calling you to. I have a purpose for you. I have a desire to use you, to gift you, for you to participate in what I'm doing in the world. So forget what is past and strive towards the goal. And as we do that, we gaze upwards. Lord Jesus, we look to you. We know that you will be with us no matter what happens in our life, good or bad. Help us to, to listen to your instruction. Help us to be, have those honest conversations with you. But ultimately, Lord, whatever happens, we know that you'll be with us and that you'll bless us in this year and that you will guide us forward. So, Lord, as we sing, I just pray again, Lord, that your spirit would move amongst us. Talk to us. Teach us, guide us, lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd just like to stand for this final song. Sam uh, and isn't it great to have a leader who's humble and presents that life's not perfect and we can uh, model after that I think um, so I really appreciated your word this morning and while you're speaking I just felt as well um, if you're a person of who's facing um, leadership you're, if you're in a position of leadership maybe in your business or in uh, your role at work or maybe even in your family life um, or the classroom um, but you're feeling ill-equipped or potentially worried about this year, I just encourage you to come out the front. I'd love to pray with you. Um, and Sam and I can certainly help you with that. Um, and we've also got our prayer room at the back too, if you'd rather do that quietly. But if that speaks to you and you'd love to have some prayer just to be released, but also be empowered, the, um, the Scripture's just full of people who are leaders who really need um, reminding that it's in God's strength that they can get it done. Um, so yeah, just leave that with you as well. But um, thank you again this morning. And uh, yeah, and I, I just feel too particularly that um, sometimes, sometimes there's there's some things in our life that we're aware of and that the Lord puts His finger on, and and we in our own strength try to fix it. And and that's what happened for for Abram. In their own strength, they tried to fix a problem. And we've got problems in our lives and sometimes we try to fix it ourselves, but we actually need God's power to come and transform us and come and release us and set us free 
from an addiction or from a behavior or from an attitude. And so if that's you too, I'd love to just pray with you this morning that God's power would release freedom in your life. Yeah. Mm, thank, thank you, Sam. So we'll, we'll keep it open here and feel free to come out or um, yeah, um, join us for prayer. That'd be wonderful. Um, but I'll close the service now in prayer and we'll have coffee and enjoy some fellowship too. So, Lord, we, are, we just again uh, humbly come before you and thank you for the promises you make. Uh, the promises that are true and good and, um, yeah, that you do want to deal with us. You don't want to leave us as we are, but you also empower us, give us the strength that we need to face the challenges of, of life ahead and the year ahead and all those things. Um, as the examples that Sam gave today, Lord, we we want to, um, yeah, tr- fully trust you and, and uh, be moulded by you, as the song said as well, Lord. Be put into your hands and uh, be shaped. So, Father, we just uh, thank you again and, and lift you up this morning. Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, thanks everyone and go forward and enjoy your Sunday and a warmer week ahead. So look forward to talking to you soon.